What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your man, Mr. Direct, doing what he does best, bringing you a little bit of real talk on a Wednesday afternoon. We apologize. We're about a 10 minutes late. Every week, it is technical issues. It never ceases to amaze me. Every week, we have technical issues, but we're going to get through this. We're going to get through it because we have no choice. We have so much to talk about in such a little bit of time. But either way, we're going to get through it. First, I want to introduce my guests one at a time. The one man, you know, he's here every week. You know him. You love him. He's the man with the plan. He ran for governor. He is here. He is the co-host of Beer and Politics every week. Give a big round of applause for him. You know who he is. Bill Brennan. Bill Brennan, what's going on? Hey, good to be back. Have a nice weekend, nice vacation. Good to be here. Ready to talk some politics. Are you sure about that? I'm positive. Okay, I mean, listen. Got, got a good guest sitting next to me today. I always look forward to the fact that I know that you're gonna, you're here. I know it's going to get a little bit of ruckus, but we're going to make it happen, though, right? Or is it going, is it going to be a good one or a bad one this week? We we are going to treat our guests with dignity and respect, and hear all sides of the of of, of every argument. That's what we like to hear. And last but not least, but he is joining us from Westfield, New Jersey, and he's a councilman for Westfield. Obviously, guys. Give a big round of applause for Councilman Frank Arena. I'm saying that correct, am I not? All right, Frank. Welcome. I, th I thought this was a sports show. I'm sorry. <laughs> you heard beer, so you figured yes. it was sports? I'm, a, I'm in the wrong studio. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, I totally understand what you're saying. Well, I want to thank you. Thank you for having me. Good to no, first of all, the fact when we were talking beforehand, you are like, oh, my God, so I'm the only one here. So I was like, don't worry about it. We'll take care of you. It will still come through. You don't have you anything it. to worry about. You got it. So I want to thank you for joining us. We have so much to talk about in such a little bit amount of time. So I want you guys to understand we're going to make this happen. We're going to give Frank his platform. You're, you're, you're a conservative, Frank, or Republican? Which say, one? Or is I'm, it I'm the same? More, I'm more conservative uh, than a Republican. Okay. So we know Bill kind of, you know, leans more so on the on the liberal side of things. I would or, say progressive. Or you're progressive. <laughs> so Bill's the progressive on this one. And I personally, I think I'm in the middle. I have to admit, I probably do have a little bit more of a, may, I wouldn't say necessarily liberal mentality. Maybe I think I do. I don't know. Either way, we've got so much to talk about. We yeah, want to talk. Know, on, on that note, though, the progressives and conservatives do share some values, and they never get talked about. And in my view, what the progressives agree with and, what the, and, the, and agree with the conservatives on is what we should be working on first before we get to all the stuff we disagree on. Because I don't know too many conservatives who, who, who agree with, with prohibition, who agree with restricting a woman's right to choose. I mean, this is the idea that government is run amok, and... Here it is, the, the so-called conservatives, and I, I call them neocons, are all up in your business trying to tell you exactly how you should live your life. And, and my understanding of a conservative, correct me if I'm wrong, is the government shouldn't be telling us how to run our lives, it, it, it is, is what the fundamental premise yeah. being a no, conservative I, I, is. I agree. You know, listen, big, big government is bad government. Uh, we're $20 trillion in debt, $20 trillion, because we have this huge bureaucracy downstairs, down, down D.C., Republicans and Democrats, who uh, they know no bounds to how much money they want to spend. And, and that's a shame. So big government's bad government. New Jersey, we have a big government with the highest tax people on the planet here in New Jersey. And, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, I agree that I'm all for small government. I think the government should do some very limited things on a national level, like protect us and worry about interstate commerce. But we've gotten into so many things. Uh, you know, $10 trillion in debt the last 11 years. 
it went up. That's incredible. Uh, that's an incredible amount of money. And we just added another 1.7 trillion with these tax cuts, which uh, which is I, I don't, you know, I don't know about that. I, I mean, listen, the tax cuts have been phenomenal uh, for the economy, uh, and people are getting bonuses. Um, the stock market's up. Um, the revenues are going to increase. You know, I tell people this all the time. Uh, the example I use is. Let's say that the federal government calls you, Bill, and says, you know, you overpaid taxes. Here's $5,000 back, right? You're going to take that $5,000 and you're going to you know, use it in your neighborhood. Maybe you're going to put, you know, uh, buy something for your house, buy a TV. You're going to put that into the economy. That $5,000 down in D.C. or down in Trenton, that's getting wasted for the well, most part. Well, I mean, it's getting look, wasted. I, I happen to, what you just said is exactly why it makes more sense to give the benefit of the tax cut to the people who need it as opposed to the wealthiest people on the planet because 83% of that tax cut went to the top 1%. Corporations, no, no, that, corporations that were making record profits that had the highest productivity in all times, they're getting more of it no. than, than the bottom 17% the, 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 the of it that's getting distributed the, to working people. The, the, the benefits of the tax cut um, for the, all the people in the country isn't going to happen until April when they pay their taxes. but the tax cut legislation that passed has had huge value in our country in that co so many companies are saying we're going to take those billions and billions of dollars and bring them back into the U.S., which they've done. And uh, a lot of people are getting uh, bonuses now because the companies are saying we're going to take the tax advantage that was given to us by this tax cut and give it to our people. Just uh, bef on, right before I came here, another bank, a regional bank, met with President Trump today and the, um, the president's bank said, for any employee of ours making uh, $50,000 or less, we're going to give them a $1,000 check. And there's countless companies that have done this. Right? Now, Nancy Pelosi has said those are breadcrumbs. And for her, they are breadcrumbs. Right? Somebody's making $50,000, that $1,000 is 2% of, uh, of their annual salary. Okay? That's a 2% a lot. I would love for me or you to get 2% of our uh, uh, benefit you know, right now. Nancy Pelosi, I don't agree with her pretty much on anything, except when she says they're breadcrumbs, I understand where she's coming from, because her net worth is $200 million. 2% of that is $4 million. So to her, $1,000 is breadcrumbs, right. because right. she's one of the richest we're, people. We're, we're all talking about anecdotes now, but, but we have this, this bipartisan office. It's called the Congressional Budget Office. Yeah. And they came out, and they said the following. Now, now we could talk about one company doing this and one company doing that, and I can show other companies that are outsourcing. So we don't know how, how that's going to shake out, but remember something. The $1.7 trillion that's projected by the Congressional Budget Office to blow a hole in this deficit, we didn't cut spending. We, what we did was we said, now we've got to make up that money somewhere because either we're going to reduce the size of our military, which nobody wants to do. We're going to tax the very wealthiest people who, who have so much money right now that they can't spend it in a lifetime. There are people on this planet who have billions and billions of dollars, yeah. and all they do is manipulate the tax code so that they can keep more of their billions because they don't want to spend on taxes. But they're the ones that are making money on the roads. You and I, we drive to our jobs and, and, and we make our salaries or yeah. our commissions. But a corporation 
without our roads, without our tr without our education system, without all of the things that taxes provide them, they can't okay. function okay. Yeah. because they make a profit on those things. Well, the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, you know, they couldn't forecast a rainstorm if they were sitting in it. They, they, their estimates are, are always off. What is a fact is that um, if you can, you know, this government is so big, and, there's, and, and it was talked about last night how a lot of regulations have uh, been reduced on businesses. That's what's going to drive the economy. And, 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 and with a, people getting taxed lower, they're going to invest more, and the tax receipts can, can increase, which is can what... Can you give me an example of, well, a, regu I'm, of I'm, a regulation? I'm, I'm of a regulation? Because like, I, I know one regulation where coal mines are now allowed to dump their waste into natural waterways. Right. Now, that regulation was rescinded, and, and it goes against no. the Clean Water Act, and so. where fracking was, was exempted from the Clean Water Act. Now, right. me... I like a good economy just like everybody else, but I want my children to have clean water and a planet to live on. Uh, so, so there, there's so got to be some sort of regulation. What regulation do you like? No, there, there's, there's countless regulations. You know, it's talked about the Count start of business. Uh, there, it was talked about last night during the speech uh, that it takes, you know, months and months. He talked, President Trump talked about it. it took a year to build the Empire State Building. Now it takes years to get certain permits to do things. I can't recite all the details, but we know that there's government bureaucracy that gets in the way of uh, people doing uh, things that they'd like to do in their business. Alex, in, terms, in terms of, you know, this is going to, hear me out on this, but sure. I think, so you talk about billionaires with a lot of money. This sounds crazy, but I said, I would maybe not want billionaires to pay taxes. Hold on, let me explain why. Hmm. Because what is a billionaire going to do with his money? Right? He's going to invest it in businesses that are going to create jobs. If that billionaire sends $50 million to D.C., it's going to get wasted. If he takes that $50 million and invests in a small technology company like that one I work for or creates a new technology, it's going to create jobs. And that's, that's the big thing. We're taxed too much, all right? And, and Hold what, on. What, wait, wait. wait, 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 wait. And, and in New Jersey, think about how much we're the highest taxed people on the planet, me and you here in New Jersey. Right, and our and taxes just are going to even because of this tax cut, no. we lost our state yep. and local tax deductions. Be so my property taxes in, on on a house out in Wayne, New Jersey, were fourteen thousand dollars last year. Now I don't have that fourteen thousand anymore, but the federal government says the four thousand I can deduct ten thousand, but the four thousand extra, I don't have it anymore. But I got to pay taxes on it. And that was yeah, pure you. vindictiveness right. no. by by the Trump administration. No, I don't think. Well, listen, I I, I hear you that. Um, that deduction, there's an issue there, but it's New Jersey and New York and California's fault for taxing us oh, so no. much. Oh it no! Is. Oh it no! Oh no! Yes, it is. It's our fault. No, it's, it's our, our it's, own it's fault. fault. It is. You it know is. what? You know what the real fault is? Is 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 that we have a Senate that is comprised of a hundred people, and every state gets an equal number of senators, even though majority of the people don't live. In, you know, the, the the Idaho's and the Wyoming's of the world have more say per person, per vote, than the New Jersey's and the New York's oh, of the world because we are so densely populated. It is harder to build a road in New Jersey than it is to build anywhere well, else because of the most densely populated state in the country. So our costs are going to be higher. Now, having said that, when, when the federal government decides that it needs to raise revenue, that, that, that they need to pay this tax cut, you've already got them saying, we've got to cut Medicare, we've got to cut Medicaid, we've got to, we've, we've got to cut this, the, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, and they've got to cut all these social programs where every penny of that gets spent because the, the people that are relying on that, what you just said, you give a poor man $10, he spends it. You give that billionaire more of his tax money back or, or don't tax him at all, 
He's already stuffed his mattress full of taxes. He's, you, you think he's incentivized. They only pay taxes on profits in a business. You pay taxes whether you run a profit or not at the end of the year. Your salary is $100,000 a year and your expenses are 150. You still have to pay taxes on 100,000. No, I hear you. But, but, but Exxon, if their income is 10 billion a year and they could say, well, they spent 11 billion, they don't pay any taxes. So how is that natural oh, listen, and fair? I, I, our tax code book, I forget how big it is, but I would be, I, maybe you agree, I'd love to see a flat tax. You know, I would go with a flat tax if we exempted the first 100,000 of income. Simplify it, and, and our tax code is so cumbersome that only rich people can figure it out because it's so complex. Well, so and they buy it. Tax. I mean, because of Citizens United, they decide. It used to be, and this is what I said on the campaign trail. It used to be that when a business wanted to make increase its profits, it would innovate a technology, it, it would it would produce a better product, or it would make some sort of efficiency. Now it takes all that money and it invests in lobbyists and campaign contributions and, and super PACs, and, and they manipulate the tax code and they swamp. get themselves the cut swamp. cut. And they swamp. get themselves drain, I'm with you, drain the swamp. That's what you're down there. You've been to DC lately? Um, you go down there and life is great in DC. There's more construction cranes that you can shake a stick out. The restaurants are booming. It's a swamp down there. They've got a good thing going on. The Republicans and Democrats are living the life of Riley. And who's lobbying for us? Who's lobbying for working people? Nobody. Uh, no, no, uh, listen. The, the, the tax cut that we have, everybody's going to have more money in their pocket, right? Um, businesses are going to bring um, jobs back to the U.S. You know, there's talk about all these manufacturing jobs, which the previous administration said nobody's going to build anything in this country. That's changing. I, I hate to that's say gonna, this. That's I hate to say this, but there are many, as many companies leaving with this with this incentive as there are staying. Uh, Those carrier employees, their, their jobs are going to be saved. The, the, they're all pissed. The steel workers whose jobs can be saved, they're all pissed. So he's saving coal jobs, which I don't know why. I mean, coal is a filthy, disgusting... Uh, I think clean coal's not. No. It, it, there's this thing as clean coal. Though. Can I say this? Yes, please. I, 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 first of all, I want to thank both of you gentlemen. I basically let it go for a reason. I didn't want to interfere because you both are involved in politics way more than I am. So I'm more of an outsider that just has an interest in this whole entire thing that we call politics. I will say this on my side, looking in. Coal is a dying industry. It's been dying for a long time, way before Obama came in office, way before Trump came in. Last night when he said that, he said this, coal, I brought back coal, and it's a beautiful, clean, he said, we brought back beautiful, clean coal. My problem with that is, one, coal is not beautiful and it's not clean. Two, it's even declined from this year to last year, meaning from 2017 to 2016, it's still on a decline. If people are slowly moving over towards green energy, why are we not re-educating these people for the technology of being able to repair windmills and other electrical grids and solar panels, which he just put a stranglehold on regulation about that? Now, I'm only asking that because, one, this is what's happening here in New Jersey as well, and two... Because why are we investing in, in things that are dying off? And we know they're dying off. How long do we keep investing money in the stuff that's no longer great? As long as the lobbyists are still lining the pockets of people in D.C. Look, if there was a, a, a robust 
renewable energy lobby with cash, we would be seeing the same kind of subsidies. Because think about the subsidies. Right now, our military is in the Middle East acting as a security force for oil companies. That's a subsidy. We're in the Middle East not because we're preaching democracy at the tip of a sword and we care about democracy. We're there for our strategic military and financial interests that involve major corporations. Now, if we subsidized solar, wind, hydro, and geothermic to the extent that we're subsidizing all of these other industries, because when there's a giant cleanup, don't think that Lloyd's of London doesn't pass off the cost of cleaning up the BP spill in the Gulf of Mexico or the Exxon Valdez in Prince William Sound. That gets passed off on me. My homeowner's insurance goes up. But when solar panels fail, Nobody has to pay an insurance premium. Nobody has to come out on an emergency response. The fire department isn't activated. There isn't the EPA going down there to deal with it. Some electrician goes and reconnects the panel, and that's the end of it. It's a much safer industry. So this clean energy, there's tons of subsidies. Uh, Tesla would not be in business if it were not for all the government subsidies that they're getting. Percentage-wise, okay? it's much smaller than the subsidy that, that gas gets. So, so listen, uh, uh, you know, Mr. Uh, Mr. Mr. Direct, Mark, I'm sorry. Call me Mr. whatever Direct, you want. Um, Coal and oil we're, we're, are not going away, and uh, we're starting to export, export oil. Coal and oil are not going away. Um, I think that you know electric cars are making progress. Um, I think solar, you know, has a chance. But when the sun goes out, you're you're kind of in trouble. Uh, wind power. So I I say I, I'm telling you, in a hundred years, we'll still have some fossil fuel. I, these technologies are are not there yet. Well, I agree. Look, I, I agree that they're not disappearing. And what I believe is that they should be used to transition us off of them because we are screwing up our planet severely. We, we, the, the climate change is real. Oh. And, and if you haven't, you haven't, if, if you're a denier of climate change, I'm a, I'm a denier. Let me ask you a question. How old is the planet Earth? I don't know. The planet Earth is 4.2 billion years old. What should the correct temperature of the planet Earth be? Oh God. Let, what let, should it let be? Answer what should question. it be? Let me answer your question. Let me answer your question. So should it be 60 degrees, 62 degrees? Let, let me answer your question. If in the history of the planet, of, of, of this planet, our climate change was cyclical. It went like this. And then in the past 100 years, it has just gone like this. And, and, and the, it is directly related to the content of CO2. And let me give you an example how. If you park your car on a 40-degree day in the middle of a parking lot, you roll up all the windows, the sun comes in through the windows, it warms up the interior of the car, and it's, the heat gets trapped. Greenhouse gas effect, the methane, the CO2, all that is having the same effect. It is trapping the powerful rays of the sun inside our environment. And, and the glaciers are melting, the polar bears are drowning, sea level is rising, storms are becoming stronger, and you want to say that has nothing to do with the greenhouse I'm, gas effect. I'm, I'm saying, yeah, I'm saying. But that you're not a scientist. I'm, I'm, but there are science. You know, now the previous administration said it's irrefutable, and it is refutable. Uh, I remember back in the '70s. Okay, uh, Freeman Dyson. I, I don't know Freeman Dyson, but we were all the, the world was going to go through global cooling, and the reason being is that. The air pollution was going to block the sun. It's going to be global uh, you know, winters. It's going to be snowing. And that was case closed. End of story. The earth's going to cool. We're killing ourselves. And now, uh, you know, Al Gore, what did he say, like 20 years ago and 13 years ago, you know, Westfield and, 
and Scotch Plains would be oceanfront property because all the glaciers was no, melting. He, didn't he, say was, that. he said in 13 years, the, all did. the glaciers he did too. He said that they he melted did. and they didn't melt. What he predicted was a storm like Sandy, a storm like Irene, a storm like and, Floyd, and, and, bigger and stronger, no, and more powerful and, storms. And right now, Puerto Rico is still and, mostly without power. And, there, and Al Gore had predicted things like no, that. So, so, so you can read it. You can you can denigrate it for it, but he was right. There have been storms like that in, in history before these happened. They, they were called hundred-year storms, and they're happening every five they're, now. They're not. We hadn't had a hurricane up this way in a long time for for a long period. So Floyd, Irene, no, so, Sandy, for a long time. And, and, <laughs> it doesn't and, seem that again, long to me. So, so the the Earth is 4.2 billion years. Let's fast forward another 4 billion. When they look back and at this little blip, because we've been on the planet Earth for what a couple thousand years, ten thousand years of recorded history. They're going to look back and say, for you know, the, the, here's there was look at our our, our temperature you, is cyclical. That's know, what they're going to say. If your child, if your child had a hundred and four degree fever and the temperature went up three degrees, you'd be alarmed. Those those numbers are incorrect. Those are, the media is telling you that. And trust me. It, we we it, keep it, setting it, records for the no, warmest no, year recorded on. Well, so every it's a mass conspiracy it to is. lie to us. Scientists who are not being paid. They are by, being paid. They okay, get, they, the they only get scientists that are being paid they, they are, are the ones at Exxon. Hey, hey let, let, let one person speak right. and the other person respond. Even Exxon is admitting that there's climate change. When Rex Tillerson admits that climate change is real and it's man-made, you have a difference of opinion where the man made hundreds oh. of millions of dollars denying climate change, and now he is admitting it. And the United States military is preparing for climate change, and, and are, we are losing ground. Yeah. You know, look so at Houston. You are 100% right, there's climate change. But rewind the clock, and it was global warming, global warming, global warming, glo and then all of a sudden they started looking at some of the data, and oh my God, it's not getting warmer. What did Al Gore say a couple of months ago? That the reason it was so cold in January, remember it was like four degrees, is that... Uh, global warming was causing the Arctic air to come down. And uh, you know, people hear that and I go, you know, are you, are you kidding me? So, yes, there is climate change. There's been climate change on the planet Earth for the past, past 4.2 billion years. And the next 4.2 billion is going to be climate change. And uh, in the next was, 100, there's going to be global catastrophe. No, no, so, so there was global cooling in the 70s. And then remember, we're all going to die from the ozone, Mr. T, Mr. Direct? We were going to all die from the ozone? Remember we fixed the ozone. the ozone. We got no, rid of the no, fluorocarbons. No, 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 we didn't. We got rid of we the fluorocarbons. Not, yes, no, they, you can't no. sell fluorocarbons The anymore. ozone, we're all going to die from the ozone. And it repaired and then, itself. Oh, jeez. Well, how many... We're, wait a minute. Not, Do you, wait, are you sitting here and honestly saying that we're still spraying fluorocarbons into the atmosphere the way we did in the 70s when the ozone... So, so. Wait, I need an answer before we can move on because I want to know if you're dealing with reality no, or you have your own... I'm, please, I'm, answer I'm my question. Dealing. Did we stop... Hey, hold on for a second. Did we stop... Mr. Drake has a question. Second, this what I think. Of, what I think of when we talk about uh, global warming and stuff of that nature and cleaning up the environment. New York City, the horizon of it in night in the 1970s, if you remember, mm -hmm. you couldn't see it. See it. Now we're on Route 22. If you remember the United, if you remember looking at the New York City skyline from the 70s into the early in the late 70s, early 80s. You couldn't see the skyline because of the pollution that was being put in the air. They put in regulations and they made sure, and I mean, this was Republican-led at the time, we need to do something to clean up Nixon. the environment, right? Clean we clean right, up Nixon. the environment. Now when you look at it, at least you could see the air. At least you could see and everything, And you could see right? your feet in the water in Rockaway Beach and Coney Island. So yeah. my point, 
Is it is it hard for us as individuals to simply say, listen, there's something to this. There has to be. There's something to it. Either either way, there's something to human intervention with what's going on, because everywhere that they put in some regulation, the air ends up cleaner. There's no more medical there's, waste washing there, up on the shore. You could see your feet. You, you're not getting soot on all your clothes. When and you that's go. all I'm saying. My uh, thing is, I, I say this. How can we deny that because now there's more humans than there were four, mil, four billion? You said four billion years? 4.2 billion. 4.2 billion. There's more humans. We're doing more than 4.2 billion years ago. So how can humans not affect the environment when now we're here? And the, way, the reason why I say that is there's a video on YouTube where the coyotes were pulled away from the environment, right? Mm-hmm. The, uh, all of a sudden, the deer started producing too much. Mm-hmm. The deer ate way too much of the uh, green, whatever the technical yep. word is it for, but they ate too much of it, right? Mm-hmm. When they ate too much of this, the next thing you know, what went on, which I thought was a miracle, was and, you know, uh, birds stopped coming around, yep. rabbits stopped coming around, other things start cutting around. And this was a little area of Colorado, and we're talking to animals. All of a sudden, they, in, they put the coyote back in place, right? When they put the coyote back in place, the coyote started eating the deer. Yep. Because the deer stopped being around, more grass would grow. Because more grass would grow, now all of a sudden, we were able to get to the point where we were actually able to get um, the rodents would come back. The rodents produced more hawks to come back. The hawks produced more other, you know, like each each person that would kill each animal, each animal that would kill the other animal, but they were able to reproduce more. All of a sudden, this place became abundant, more trees. Again, because we're humans and we weren't here for 4.2 billion years, how can we deny that we have an effect on the environment? That's That's what's baffling me to say that it's not us that's doing anything all right so we got to get rid of all humans on the planet no let's for the moment let's just for one moment forget that 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 97 of all the scientists agree that climate change is real and it's man-made that's that, that number 97 i said i said we're going to forget about that right. and and let's just look at what we're doing in the name of oil exploration if if there is a way that we could get rid of get off of oil and get away and, and get away from fossil fuels. Would we really give a shit about Syria, about Iraq, about Iran, about all these countries oh. that have power because they have money, because they have a resource that we want? Because we are part and parcel of the problem in the Middle East is our interest in their oil. Yeah. That's why we kiss ass over there. That's why we have regime no. change over there. That's why we do a number of things with our military setting up bases all around the Middle East. And it costs us a lot of money. And the reason we're there is strategic interest in the oil reserves. The Persian Gulf is of no strategic interest to us unless and until we need more oil. And we need to keep the the price of oil in check. And we need to keep the flow of oil going. Because if, if they shut their spigots off, then we have a problem. Our oil prices go up, then our inflation happens, then, then, then all of our resources get spent on inflation, and yeah. we're stuck. And they have control over us because 
it's cheaper for them to produce a barrel of oil. Remember the Beverly Hillbillies? Yeah, yeah. He shot a gun and oil kind of We have to go out in the middle of the water. We got to dig real deep. We got to go through ice. We got to go. Through. They, they kick some sand. And, oh, here, more oil. Let's sell it to the Americans. So they're always going to have an advantage when it comes to oil production over us. And if we stop playing on their field, which is oil, and start playing on our own, which is hydro and, and small wind and large wind and, and solar, and we get to the point where we don't need them anymore, well, then things will settle down. But there's too much money over there in the meantime. No, I, 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 listen, I would like to see the U.S. of A. Uh, self-sufficient in terms of all its oil needs. I would, Because I, I, I hear you. There is uh, some interest, like you said, that we have to protect that oil. But the good news is we're actually starting to you know, export some of our oil because uh, you know, we're doing more oil exploration. We have new technologies that we never had. This fracking stuff is getting new oil for us. It's also so, causing earthquakes and uh, poisoning well, water, okay. causing fires. Here's the thing. Tap water to catch this fire. is what I want to do. This is, first of all, thank you both for being on the show. Great dialogue starting. So I, 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 I can't appreciate any more than getting dialogue from two people who love their point of views and can express them thoroughly. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back in a moment. Don't anybody go anywhere. We'll be right back. We're going to take, we've been going for 30 minutes. You guys have been going at it. I love it. I haven't said, I've only been able to say like five words. We're good. We'll be back in a moment. Don't go anywhere. It's your man, Mr. Direct, doing what he does best, giving you just a little bit of real talk. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back. That was a half hour. Everything okay? We are back. We are back doing what we do best, giving you a little bit of real talk. I want to thank you for the gentlemen that are still here today, Bill Brennan and Frank Arena. Of course, you guys don't see me, but I actually love this look that I gave you guys. You guys look beautiful with blue and back you. So I'm, I'm giving myself a kudos for making this look better than the last production piece I did. So when we left out, we were talking about the environment, climate change, and things of that nature. Coming in, I want to talk about the State of the Union address last night. The reason why I want to talk about it is it seemed so many people had this belief because the Democrats were not standing that they were anti-American. This is not a gotcha question. This is not a gotcha statement. This is why do we believe that one party is more American than another? Why do we believe that, you know, when at the time when Obama was in office, he was heckled, he was booed, but that wasn't considered un-American. But now he's... Now it's considered un-American because the Democrats don't believe in what he's saying. And for me, on the outside looking in, I see hypocrisy on that. Why am I not allowed to sit on my ass and not do anything? Excuse the French, but that's what I said. Um, why am I not allowed to sit and not do, why am I not allowed to sit in, in protest to a certain degree? Okay. Um, what's your take on that, uh, Frank? So, um Obama, I remember a couple weeks before he, he got elected the first time, uh, he said very clearly, America is in need of fundamental transformation, which means he did not believe in um, a lot of the core beliefs that our current president believes in. So that, a lot of that heckling that you saw when he was giving a State of the Union was based on uh, Obama and his fundamental transformation of our great country. Uh, things like, you know, socialized medicine and some of the other things that he did. Yesterday, the State of the Union, Trump is talking about the American flag, and the Democrats don't get up and applaud the American flag. It wasn't fundamental transformation. It wasn't something as one-sided as that. That it was our flag, and they wouldn't get up and, and uh, applaud that. 
So yeah, th there was heckling during Obama's State of the Union. There, there was stuff that went on in the State of the Union yesterday, uh, but for, for different reasons. Uh, they, when, when Trump talked about the monument of the, the room that they were in, uh, that being a monument to the people of the country, uh, and for everybody, Republicans, Democrats, and the you know, 300 million people we have here, they didn't applaud that, uh, you know, that, uh, that, that part of the speech. Again, it, it's, it's something that's in common with everybody in the United States, where a lot of what Obama talked about was about fundamental transformation, uh, which he uh, you know, believed that America, uh, the, the, way, the way it was, uh, was not right and it had to be fundamentally transformed, which means he didn't love and believe in the fundamentals of the country. Okay, wow. let me ask Wait you this. I, rem Bill, I remember Bill, Obama. Bill, hold on. Before you say that, I got, I, I got to ask this, and I got to ask this just in general. When you say that he didn't believe in America, right, can you not believe that America is great, but it could be greater if we make a few modifications and change? Fundamental, okay? He wasn't transferring, transferring the. Con in my opinion, I didn't see major changes to the Constitution, but I saw an attempt to say, listen, for some people, they were left out of the American dream. I kind of want to find a way to bring the American dream to more people. Yep. Yep. In a and, and here's the thing. I don't think anyone has a resolution, either number 45 or Obama, that's going to satisfy everyone. But when you have somebody like Obama who comes in and he's different, he's different to the extreme that he's saying, listen, I need something different. I need something or we need something different because what's been working before hasn't. Do you not think that maybe to some degree there was some truth in what he said? Um, let me think about that. So, so the fundamental transformation thing is, I think was a very... Uh, you know, a big thing that I noticed that he brought up, and um, uh, you know, he talked about not everybody being part of uh, the American dream. I'm a product of Im immigrants. My grandparents all came from uh, a different country. They came here, spoke a different language. If you took my two grandfathers and stacked them on top of each other, they're about as tall as me. They looked different. They sounded different. They ate different food. They came to this country to live the American dream, not because the government would do stuff, but because if they came here and worked hard and got a job and continued to work hard, that would be the American dream. Um, Obama and, and a lot of the left is, the government's gonna take care of you. These government programs are gonna be your way to the American dream. What's going on right now is the, 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 these, um, uh, the economy is gonna be such that these people that are out there, they're gonna be able to get jobs and, and, uh, and live the American dream through uh, getting a, a paycheck, getting a salary, versus the government taking care of them. Well, I mean, I have to, I have to jump in here because, I mean, when Obama took office, we were on the edge of a depression. We were in a record recession. Unemployment was higher than at any time in my lifetime. I'm 51 years old. Mm -hmm. And the stock market was, was at 6,000, was the Dow. Now, he left office, and, I, and I'm not sure, I think the unemployment was, it was double digits, between 11 and 17 percent. I mean, if it was 17 percent, that's what the number sticks in my head. And it, and it dropped down to 6 percent during his eight years in office. And the stock market went from 6,000 to 18,000. So he, he reduced 
if you bl- if you agree that that the president has control, if you're going to give Trump credit for the booming stock market right now, then how do you not give Obama credit for the the 18th the, the tripling of the Dow then? And then when when you have near unemployment, near full employment, which is what we have now, and we have near full employment, the quality of the jobs is not there. When your parents came here. We were still building things. We were still manufacturing things. There was still a way that you could become a tradesperson. You could go to college for relatively no money. People had health insurance. They didn't struggle for it. All of this has been monetized. The pharmaceutical industrial complex, the military industrial complex, the, 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 the service industry of driving everybody down. We have no unions anymore. We're, our unions are a dying, dying breed. Good union activity, good jobs, single income families, and low cost education was what your grand, your parents came here from or your grandparents came here with. Now when you get here, a college degree is, is almost out of reach for most people. General health insurance is no longer a gimme with a job. It used to be if you worked full time, you got health insurance. You're, you're saying you're lamenting that, that Obama wanted to give people health insurance, but nobody had a solution for the people dying in the streets of cancer because nobody would treat them. So I don't understand what's so wrong with trying to treat people. People, they go to the emergency room, they're gonna get treated. You can't go to the emergency room for a tumor. But but, uh, um, people weren't dying in the streets. Uh, But uh, the the healthcare thing, you're right, the costs are very very significant. Uh, And and, the reason being, I think, is that the free market has not determined what the prices will be, right? Um, you look at uh, costs for um, like uh, you know uh, dental work and whatnot, stuff that's not regulated. Uh, or I'm sorry, the example I want to use is laser vision, which I got right when it first came out. It was a lot of money, and the prices come down and come down and come down because the market, the free market, took that medical technology and it and and and, and, and the, the market determined what the price would be. We don't have that right now in our healthcare system. So I think the president has talked about getting more market type things into place uh, that can help drive that down. But if the market is gonna determine how much a surgery costs and the surgeon decides he's gonna charge more than the insurance company will pay, then really the insurance company is determining what the costs are and what they're willing to pay. And insurance companies have entirely too much control over healthcare right now, and that's the problem. Can you bear with me one moment, gentlemen? We got a phone call. I don't know if the person's trying to listen or not, but I see this number. Hold on for one second. Sure. Hey, it's your man, Mr. Direct. Who do we have on the phone? If the number will come through, because sometimes he likes to think. Nope, of course, the number's not. It's just going to sit there and stall, of course. Gentlemen, keep going. If it pulls through, it pulls so, through. So, uh, but I mean, what, the answer, the, 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 all these problems, we can we can agree that, that there's an issue with the high cost of health care, the high cost of health insurance, the, the, the low quality, by the way, that the quality of health, health yeah. care has gone down. But I didn't see at any time during George Bush's eight years any effort to try and get a solution to that. It was just, oh, well. You know, another thousand points of light. We'll say something vague and hope that somebody does something. And nobody did a goddamn thing. So Obama used all of his political might to try and get health insurance. Now I disagree with with, with Obamacare. I think what Bernie Sanders is right. We need Medicaid and Medicare for everyone, and then untether everybody from their employment, okay. reduce the cost for business. Bill, let me let me let me say this. If we give 
health care to everyone for free. Who's paying? Who's picking up the dime? Well, well, the the way you do it is you you take the cost away from the employer, you take the cost away from the worker, and you implement a small tax, which is less than what they were paying now, because you take all the profit that the insurance companies are 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 extracting from this process right now. You take all the burdensome cost of 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 my of of maintaining this system of billing and extracting the money from the insurance company and all the appeals that go back and forth and all that bureaucracy disappears and you have a single payer program so now the profits are gone you you pay a little bit more in taxes but you get health insurance guaranteed from cradle to grave and you don't have to worry if you lose your job. You've still got it. Because what we're doing now, as you said earlier, you go to the emergency room, you get treated. Well, that's not free either, Frank, because what they do is they pass that cost on to me and you with our insurance companies. So, Frank, so, And then what happens is when somebody's sick, they don't go to the hospital because they don't have a doctor, so then things are worse. So when they do end up in the emergency room, the treatment is more expensive. I'm just saying that the, 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 uh, you heard a lot that people are dying in the streets and they, they really weren't. That's where I was coming from. There are people who can't see a doctor who died. Listen, what single payer will guarantee is that everybody's going to have a card. I got, I got a card and that says I have insurance. Listen, you, socialized medicine, anything socialized doesn't work. And Try oh, telling oh, that oh, somebody's on. on Medicaid Wait, or Medicare. Not to or I'm sorry, not to interrupt you. Social Security. Social Security is a mess. Why? You're talking Hold about on. this. Hold on. There's all this, this huge fund that they have that the government, that the swamp takes money out to borrow because they can't, they have such a spending appetite. So Al Gore talked about a lockbox. That box is unlocked every day. You just talked about that. No, and, and, but, and, both, and both parties, Reagan started it, the first, per, first president in the history of the country to ever borrow the Social Security Trust Fund. But if the federal government borrows from my Social Security Trust Fund account, Fuck them if they're going to turn around and say we gave tax cuts to people so we're not giving you that money that we borrowed. You borrowed it from me. In this country, contracts are supposed to be sacred and valid and enforceable. I have a contract, not me because I'm a firefighter, but you do, but because I don't get Social Security. But if you paid into it, you had a contract that you were going to get something out of it. And now because Reagan and Bush and Clinton and, and, and Obama and, and Bush again and, and Trump all borrowing from your retirement. Hey, it's time to put your middle finger up to these people and say, you owe me that money, pay me back. Don't give tax cuts to billionaires when you're borrowing money from me. Go borrow it from them and tell them you're not paying them back because they borrowed the money from me and because I don't have lobbyists in a billion dollars, they can take it from me. But if you got... You know, the Vanderbilt family, you can't touch their money for some reason. They don't need it. I need my money. So uh, earlier I said that big government is bad government, and a big uh, bad program is Social Security because when we retire, why do I say it's bad? When we retire, it's going to be there for us when we're $20 trillion in debt. So that's why I I want a a small government that really, you know, federal government anyway that protects us uh, and takes care of interstate commerce. And, and but you, you do want you do want food to be inspected, right? You don't yeah. want you don't want tainted food. You, you you want pesticides to be regulated so they can't so come up with this nuclear we, pesticide. We it kills all the bugs in twenty mile radius and some small children. I mean that kind of regulation you're not against, I'm right? Very overboard with the government intruding into our lives. Right? And it's, it's, uh, 
Like with, with the federal prohibition against the consumption of cannabis would be an intrusion into the lives of law-abiding citizens for no reason other than a bunch of lies. And, 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 and then intrusion. If a woman wants to have prenatal care or an abortion or, or some sort of relationship with her doctor, the government shouldn't say, we are regulating you to the point that you're going to be the host organism for this, for this fetus and you'll carry it to term. You are now our body and you will be the host organism. We are not in the business as a government of telling women what, or we shouldn't be, women what to do, citizens what to grow or, or to eat. Uh, you know, so you're talking about the women and, and the prenatal and abortion. Uh, that's their right. Yet you want the federal government and Bernie Sanders to control our health care. No, I, I, I want and, 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 and so I want them to. I want my doctor to control my health care, and I want my doctor to get paid through taxes instead of insurance companies. And 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 I'm not saying that the federal government should be able to say what treatment I can have and what treatment I can't have. But certainly right now. They're, they're telling women that they can't have medical procedures because they have a, a, a religious belief against it. And they're telling other citizens what plant they can smoke because the tobacco industry and the alcohol industry and the paper industry have decided that their, their profits are more important than, than what the, the free people of this country choose let's, to do with let's, themselves. Let's, let's back up because we started talking about one thing and there's one thing I did want to go over. We started getting a little bit off the rails with it. One thing that annoys me when I when I heard uh, the State of the Union last night, it was the, by the way, just so you know, black unemployment is at a record time low. He took credit for it, right? Now, here's my issue with that. When he was on a campaign trail, he said sp- precisely, Barack Obama has done nothing for you. To, this is what he said to the black community. Barack Obama has done nothing for you. So vote for me. What do you have to lose? Yep. Meaning as if Barack Obama was supposed to just do something for the black community. That was it. Let me do something specifically for you. Number 45 comes into office and says, well, I'm working for all Americans, not just certain Americans. That's a that's that's a double that's a double whatever yep. way you want to conflict it, conflate it, whatever. Here's my thing. While he was, while Barack Obama was in office, it was a 16.9 black unemployment, which was double the national average or close to double. While he was in office, it shot down to about 5.2 or something like that. But he got no credit for it going down. But now, number 45 in his State of the Union address took credit for it being at 6.1. So underneath his one year, it dropped 1.1%, right? So how does he get credit for the 1.1%? Barack doesn't get credit for the, I mean, the absolute 11% change. My point, why are we so quick to give Trump credit for one point of change, but yet and still the man that it dropped underneath gets no credit for that? I'm, I'm baffled by that a little bit. Can I take, can I yeah, please. Sure, go so, ahead. So the, the uh, crash 2008... Uh, devastating to the economy. Uh, unemployment went really bad. Uh, as, you know, it was really high, as you know. So things had, it was really bad, so things came down. Uh, and, and so, um, whether it was white, black, Hispanic, very high, and, and they came Agreed. So Everybody, across the board. Across the board. Um, where I'm coming from with this is if, this, and I, 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 
I think this is an undeniable truth. If if black unemployment went went up the last year, everybody in the media would be all over Trump like you can't believe. That is a fact. They would be all over him. Uh, and and and. Well, they called Barack Obama the, the they called him the the uh, welfare president because welfare went underneath him, even though it came from the recession. So fairly, it's going to happen to any president well, in the seat. Where is that? Where is that graph? Can you put that graph? Yes, up on I do have the graph. Here you can go. Because, I mean, put up the look, food stamps in the look, last year. Look at that. Look, look at that graph. That is that is the African American unemployment rate. You can't see the years on that. Where is it spiked? What year? It spiked here, uh, two thousand and ten. Okay. And now, where is the last line on, on the end? What year on is that? On the end, it's 2017. However, if you go to 116, let's go to 117. At 117, it was a little bit above 7.5. Okay, so that is a trend. So, so to, take, to take credit for the tail end of that trend, that's fine. Because remember, we've seen this movie before. In 2008, there had been a round of Bush tax cuts. And what happens with the tax cuts? They did it in the, in the Great Depression. We had the Great Depression after those tax cuts. Then the Great Recession that we had, the, the first recession, which was after the first Reagan and Bush, Clinton was walking around with the economy stupid signs. Again, there were tax cuts. Then Clinton raised the marginal tax rate back to 39%. And then we had a booming economy. And then Bush, and again, imposed tax cuts. And we had a recession. Now. Cause and effect are not necessarily a correlation there, but it does seem that every time we tax ourselves, we reduce our taxes and we don't reduce our spending, we increase our deficit and we end up in a recession. So when the recession comes, I just want to be clear that we could have predicted this. When the market crashes because it's unsustainable, we could have predicted this and we could have been ready. We could have been, instead of taking all this $1.7 trillion dollars that we're going to pump into profitable corporations, we could have taken it and built high-speed rail, new roads, new bridges, better better facilities for people. We could have done any number of things which would have put money into the economy in real ways, not in dividends and stock buybacks, let me, let me but ask in you wages and, 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 and other things. Let, me, let we, me ask this, and this goes to across the board, because I don't care if anybody's been paying attention Bill and Frank have actually agreed on many points. They've disagreed on many. They just, they've agreed on many. I've disagreed. I've, agree, I've agreed with you guys on many of the points. My point I, I want to make out of it is I do see what you're saying when he jumped. If, hey, if he did anything wrong, if it went down, he would get the full grunt of it. You are 100% right on that. However, my problem is, is that he keeps saying he's doing it better than every previous administration. Why can't we admit that the previous administration helped to some degree? I have a problem with that. He pats himself on the back because he, he, he's, he's a narcissistic person. I mean, there's no question about it. I think, I think though, what's different also, um, in general, the spirit and the feeling is a lot more positive um, this past year. It really is. Uh, and, and, you know, you talk to business owners, you just, you know, uh, the, the media, a lot of people in the media, they, they still haven't gotten over that Trump won. And they're trying, every time they're trying, the book came out, the book was going to bring them down. This happened, that happened. The uh, book wasn't going to bring them down. Well, well, but. The, yeah, the, nobody the, thought the, that. Well, for Mueller's going to bring them down. So, uh, and, and, and this Mueller thing's been going on for over a year now. How long, how long did the Watergate investigation go on? And the, 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 you know, the, the Watergate thing uh, went on for a while. 
uh, but this Mueller thing's been going on. They haven't been able to find anything. And oh, I, I would disagree with you on that. What have they, what have they found? Well, well, first of all, they already got two guilty pleas. They got Papadopoulos and Kelly. For like process crimes, nothing. There was nothing. There was no. There was Russian collusion. You know when the Russian collusion thing hit the head, came to a head, when Hillary lost. She was supposed to win, it, all right. But it was talked about. You know, they talk about oh, the Russian collusion for years of doing this and this and this. Hillary was going to win. She lost. Then why are they lying about it so much? Why are they lying about it? Who's lying? Well, 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 Kelly lied about what he said, when he said it, and how he said it. He said he never discussed sanctions. He never. He, never, he said, why has Jared Kushner had, had to... Re, re, he's filling out official forms. What is it, 17 or 20 revisions on, on security? He's not, he doesn't even have security clearance yet. It's, it's, uh, listen, they want, they're trying to take down the president in any way that they You think the FBI is legitimately interested in a partisan witch hunt and they're not legitimately interested in... The FBI, the people in the FBI are tremendous. There are some partisans way at the top. That's a fact. Christopher Ray, Chris Christie's attorney? I don't know about Christopher Ray, but there there are people at the top of the FBI that are partisans that's going to come out... And you think James Comey was partisan? Uh, He's the one that... Didn't he just sink her? He could have said nothing about about that, Listen, you those emails with Huma Ahmadine. He could have said nothing Frank, about that. Hold on, Frank, for a second. Let me, let me ask you this, because you're saying that you, you believe that the, they're trying to take him down, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a month after the investigation, at the month after the election, right? It comes out that 17 different groups, security groups, my number might be off, but about... NSA, CIA, FBI... Let's say 15. Let's say 15. Said that it's a known fact that Russians had interfered and they were behind hacking into the DNC. That's number one. Number two, they then said a couple of months later, it turned out they had over, I think, 500,000 Twitter accounts... Five, a combined Facebook and Twitter accounts. Now, I'm asking you this because I study social media, right? The average person on Facebook has 236 people as friends, right? So if you go into one account, there's 300 accounts, 300,000 accounts on Facebook alone, right? If you do 300,000 times 226, that's 67,800,000 possible connections, Right? Mm-hmm. How could that not affect the way that people are thinking and swaying when you're putting out misinformation? Do you know how many people still say Barack Obama was a Muslim? Now, I don't mean to keep going back to that, but the reason why I'm saying that is I believe that Trump did get elected because there was so much bad information out there that it was basically choose the system or choose me. And it was the lesser of two evils because there was a lot in, in my thread, and I get more conservative thread than anything. There was more I hate Hillary and how bad Hillary was. And I'm not saying she was okay because I didn't vote for her. And I'll tell you that right now. But I damn sure did not vote for him. I didn't vote for either one of them. Well, I voted well, for- I, we were talking off camera before about Roger McNamee and what he's talking about with, with Facebook. He, he was on Mar this weekend, he had a, an article out in the Atlantic. And what he talked about was that long before this election, Russia saw the value of, of putting of, of dividing American citizens through the use of social media. And they took all the wedge issues, immigration, racism, um, you know, climate change, and, and, and they, they pitted people against one another. And then 
So before they before any election interference happened, they they conditioned the battlefield to make us a divided nation. The whole time that Obama was in office, they were fueling this this, this divisive rhetoric so that people were calling each other libtards and repugnants and 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 they weren't having the kind of conversation that Frank and I are having now. They were just saying fuck you, you're a libtard and fuck you, you're a repugnant, you're a knuckle dragger and nothing was really being said. Yes. And then Trump comes in and he adopts all of the, the, the hardcore right-wing philosophy of anti-immigrant, of, of, of anti-wage increase, of, of pro-business and anti-regulation, and, and, and of nationalistic, you know, rally around the flag. The flag, is, the flag is, is, is a symbol. The piece of cloth is meaningless. What it stands for seems to have been lost. Justice, equality, the American way, freedom, all the things that our flag stands for, and instead it's been reduced to a trinket by him. He doesn't, he talks about nationalism instead of patriotism. A patriot would want to know what Russia did, when they did it, and how they did it. And we are finding that out, and he doesn't say a word about it. It, uh, uh, Nearly unanimous, Congress voted to impose sanctions on Russia. Nearly unanimous over their interference. And he says, I'm not doing it. Now that's a problem, and and a patriot should say, wait a minute. Frank, what's your take on that? Russia did not, and this is important, everybody. Russia didn't, they did not want Trump to win, right? And here's why. Here's why. Trump is for building a strong, kick ass army. You heard him last night talking about building up his nuclear arsenal, all right? Hillary, like Obama, would have let the military go. So why would Russia want a, a stronger U.S. military? Why would they want that? They would not. I'll answer. I'll answer. I'll answer. Hold on. Because, hold on, because Frank, we're not. Hold we're on. Not, let Frank. No, let, I'm just saying. So that, let that, Frank you finish. ask the question. Why would they? And I'll tell you why. Because first of all, we're never going to get into a military conflict with another superpower. We're not going to do that. What we will do is re- remember this: when Russia invaded the Ukraine because they wanted the Crimean the, the Crimean Peninsula for, for for their oil export, we didn't beat them militarily. What we did was we we negotiated with the Saudis to drop the price of oil so low that the Russian oil was unsellable because it cost more to go through the Siberian tundra than it did for Jed Clampett to kick a piece of sand and get and get more barrels of oil out. So we economically sanctioned them. Number one, we dropped the price of oil. We, we tightened sanctions on the export of their oils and, and who could take it. And we drew them back through financial controls, a, a very sophisticated, not one American life was lost doing that. Now. Russia doesn't really care how big our military is because we're not going to have, we'll have proxy wars with them. We'll have, we'll have we'll, we'll, you know, this business with Korea that he's trying to foment a war with Korea now, or, or, or maybe we'll get into skirmishes in, in Syria. We'll back one group against the other. So that's not so much the issue, but the issue is, A, he's not a tactician. He's, he's, he's barely literate when it comes to military, military strategy and, and might. He thinks that he could just walk around. It used to be walk softly and carry a big stick. Now he walks around bragging. And, and our military is already the largest military on the planet. More nukes are not gonna, all we can do is blow up the planet more times over. We don't need more. Did you see the look on the general's faces when he said that? They were like this. Oh my God. The, uh, the strong military, uh, the stronger the US is, uh, the more at peace the world will be. 
financially stronger is more important than militarily because we already have the most robust military on the planet. So Frank, what but you're saying is, so Frank, basically what you're saying is if we have a more powerful military, there'll be peace everywhere. The stronger we are, the more peace there will be in the world. How much exactly. stronger do we have but, to be? Okay, but hold on for a second. Now, here, and here's my thing on it. I, I, one thing that I remember on a campaign trail was that he said that we need to take care of our own and stop worrying about other countries, right? Yes. Am I wrong about that? So if he says that, why would you need to get... We're all, first of all, our military is bigger than even the next seven, seven countries combined of our allies, and these are the people that we get along with. Is our, is our military bigger than China's? Yes. Yeah. Is our military bigger than Russia's? Yes. Is our military bigger than North Korea's? Of course. So what I'm asking is, and again, understand, you two know more about this than me. I created the show because I wanted people to tell me, dude, you're an idiot, or maybe I'm on point, right? Why do we need to go bigger if we're bigger than our next seven countries who we're allies with? Because, because it's a, a, you know, how do I put it? It's a, a value thing. If our military is, if we further strengthen our military, right, uh, it, to your point, it's less expensive than a war, right? What's expensive is a war on many fronts, including, you know, potential loss of life and whatnot. So, um, yes, it'll be a cost, right? Um, but, when, you know, the, the weaker we are, the more embrazened these smaller countries are, especially, right? Okay. But why do we keep going into these smaller countries? And, and look, you're going to love what I have to say. Hillary Clinton was terrible at foreign policy. Yes. She was, she was a regime change. She, she won a regime change in Libya. She won a regime change in Syria. She won a regime change in Iraq. But, you know, I don't see anybody saying, other, other than the, the Bernie Sanders of the world, the Rand Pauls of the world, we have to stop telling other countries how to elect their people. We need to stop. In, we, we insert ourselves into countries. And that's not how you promote peace. You, you stop invading countries. And then we won't have so many refugees from these countries. When we took Saddam Hussein out, we let a flood of terrorists take over that country. We should have left him in place, let him deal with the religious fundamentalist zealots that, that have now overrun that country, and, and dealt with him in place. In Syria, we should leave Assad alone. It is, it, is, it is a horrible humanitarian crisis that was going on there. It's 10 times worse now. That country has been decimated. And now we are the ones that are funding these so-called rebels. We're creating the war, and we don't want to take the Syrian refugees that we had sent fleeing from their country. We're sending bombs. We're sending gas. We're sending tanks. We're sending all kinds of weaponry into Syria. Yeah. None of my business. I am an American citizen, and what goes on in Syria is serious business. Stop buying their oil. Stop sending them guns. Stop doing any number of things that are going to create war. Because the way to wage peace is to wage peace. The, not is not to make an arms dealer more more more. Hey, rich. we got to go. We got to we got to take one more break. I mean, we've been flying through this. We're already at an hour and eight minutes. We're gonna uh, take one more break. When we come back, we're gonna wrap up the show because you guys have given us a lot to digest. And we've been doing great thus far. I want to thank you guys. Bear with me one moment. We'll be back in a moment, man. It's nothing but real talk, beer, politics with, man. Y'all doing a thing. But, uh, I think back. Ben Carson thinks he's a racist? Of um, course not. Okay. What about Charles Payne? You know who Charles Payne is? I've heard of him. Oh, he's phenomenal. 
We are back live. We are back live, and we're sitting here talking. I had to explain to Frank I didn't think all Trump supporters <laughs> were racist by any means. But all racists are Trump supporters. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying that because when I say that, everyone thinks when I say, well, his hardcore staunch, you know, demographic or base. And I'm like, no, what I'm saying is it's amazing. For instance, when Charlottesville happened, right? David Duke came out on TV and said he better remember who put him in office. And I found that to be a little bit like why and he never he never said, I don't know what the hell David Duke's talking about. He said he, he didn't just, know who David Duke was. You know, it's he did say at one point who he was, but before years ago he knew who he was. My point is I know that a lot of my friends that were supporters of Trump were are not racist people. But I just have a problem with a lot of people who have no problem with co-signing some of the stuff he says, and when I'm telling you, dude, that's kind of borderline. It is what it is. We're going to move away from that, Val. We're yes. going to talk about taxes. Frank, Frank has, wants to talk about taxes. Frank has some ideas on Jersey property but taxes. First, I wanted to say that you know, our president is not a racist, um, and the media is going to pound that into your head, and then that's not the case. There are a lot of black conservatives, if you listen to them, uh, phenomenal people. Uh, in fact, um, one of the things I... I think that um, the president's going to help do, and I've been talking about this for many years, we need more black conservatives like Charles Payne, like Thomas Sowell, um, uh, uh, you know, like, like there's so many others, that uh, Ben Carson, who ran for president, right? Um, so uh, I think a lot of us... No, 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 no. We don't need more Ben Carsons. They'll put you to sleep. Uh, he's a brilliant man. Uh, He'll put you to sleep. Listen, listen, brilliant and all that, but you, you've listed some very wealthy African-American men, and, and, and I think what we need is... They've lived the American dream, and you know what? It's very important. Is wait. That they don't, if you ask them what they are, they won't say, I'm, 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 I'm black. They'll say, I'm, I'm an American. Oh, a, a black descent. And I think that's... I want this country to be where it's not... We're not black, Italian, Hispanic. We're Americans. The first thing. That's what I want. I don't want this... Right, but 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 when you turn around and say that that Africa is a shithole, that the Mexicans that are coming here are rapists and thieves and, and drug dealers, and when 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 you have a constantly all of your policies are targeted at people of color, you you tend to give the impression that you have a white ethnocentric view of the world, and that and what the, you know. Why can't we have more people from Norway coming in as opposed to these shithole countries? I mean, these are offensive things to say, and and. You know, compared to LBJ and other. Uh, well, I, I'm not. I want to compare. Listen, I'm not, I, you can't. I'm not. I'm going to go back to the '60s and compare. Let's talk about taxes. Hold on for a second. You can't. You you can't compare back to LBJ because that was back in the '60s and LBJ was a self-admitted Southern racist. Yeah. No matter what he did, at least he was outright saying. But it. he signed the Civil Rights the Act. New, Yes, but because the new the Republicans, he was able to sign the Civil Rights Act. So what happened? I mean, look, the, the Democratic Party was the Dixiecrats. Everything is switched. You know, we've gone from the slaveholders to 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 the you know it, it, it's just it's it's flipped. Let's talk taxes. Let's talk taxes. Because so, uh, yeah, that's a whole other topic. But um, I just again, he's our president is not a racist. Okay. To me. But let's talk about taxes. We are here in New Jersey in this room with the highest tax people on the planet. Right? Yes. And um, our taxes... Well, no, in, in the country, because in Europe, the taxes are much higher. I, 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 I'm metaphor there. Uh, but uh, we are very, very highly taxed, get very little in return. Um, and as I, again, the third time I'm saying this, big government is bad government. New Jersey, we've got 
the state government down in Trenton, and we've got all these county governments, and then we've got like 500 some odd town, uh, town municipal governments. And 700 school districts. Okay. Um, so the town of Westfield, speaking of the town of Westfield, I don't know all the specifics for other towns, but our budget in Westfield is about $43 million to do everything, you know, from a municipal perspective. That's not school and everything, but, you know, plow the roads and this, all those things, sure. right? Um, coincidentally, we send to the county, right, uh, the people of Westfield send about the same amount down to, to Elizabeth, right? So that's a lot of money that goes from Westfield and a lot of towns in, in uh, New Jersey, there's, the money goes to the county and there's nothing in, in return. Westfield, what does the county do for us? They give us a concert and some other things. Plow some county roads, so, pave some county roads. And uh, so what I county proposed, jail. and I'm going to be talking to our mayor about this next week, uh, I propose that, hey, we send $43 million a year to the county. Let's work out a, an arrangement with them where here's a check for $21 million, half of that. You don't have to provide us anything. Just take our $21 million, You don't have to come in and do anything. And that will reduce the burden on the people of Westfield, right? Are they going to go for that? Uh, well, logist logistically, I would say, I, I, look, I, I'm all for finding a way to unlayer government. I'm not, I'm not trying to shoot you down. All, so here we are, unlayer, so that's, that's exactly. All, all, all I'm saying about that is, is, like, the sheriff is a constitutional officer, and the county jail is a, a constitutional function. So, so those certain things have to be done. So when it comes to the county roads, yeah, we'll pave them. We'll, you know, take that off the bill. We'll, we'll do it when we're doing our own street, street sweeping and all that. But... Certain county, the county social services. If, if you've got if you've got poor people in, in the county that, that live in Westfield that need those services, they're let entitled to it. it. Okay, so, so, so but you can't do the, sh the jail and, no, and so the sheriff's department. Radical change, right? And when I started my career after college a long time ago, and I worked for a major computer company, and this computer company had three sales division, and you as a customer in a day could have those three sales divisions coming in and talking to you about their com and competing. So I. The company was IBM. You didn't have IBMers coming in competing with each other for your business. What did they do? They said, we've got too many layers. And they got rid of one, one layer, and they reorganized for efficiencies. What I would like to see New Jersey do is we have the state government and get rid of the county government. And there are a lot of Republican, you know. I, I, I have something that might work with that, okay? Because the county government is not going to go quite. Remember, no, once no. you have your them, but here's what you do. You, you give them this. You give them this. You say, what we're going to do is we're going to make county school boards. And so we're, we're going to get rid of county government as, as far as the services that are being duplicated by municipal services. But since you're all there and you got stuff to do, and, and, and you know, we're going to make you the county school board. So instead of having 27 superintendents in, in one county, you'll have one. Because New York City has one school's chancellor. Yep. And they educate more people than any county in New Jersey. And each county in New Jersey has its own superintendent. Each town has its own superintendent and deputy superintendent and all that. Now, the county schools, instead of having Westfield with a really good school and Elizabeth with a really bad school, it's the Union County School District. And you can, you can go to different If you can get your kids back and forth to the different schools and you live in Elizabeth, you can send them to the county school in Westfield. That's, that's a consideration that I hadn't thought about. But I, again, uh, businesses do this all the time. They reorganize. What are we doing? This is inefficient. Um, we have a layer of government, and there are you know, counties that have all Republicans, and there are kind of 
but it's in a redundant layer that I think today we can say, okay, the state may pick up stuff. Let's let the towns take care of some of the people who, uh, you know, you know, instead of Union County Power Transit, you know, just think what Westfield could do if we could go from 43 million budget and we have another 20 million. Okay, we'll, we'll come well, uh, wash and wash your car. We'll paint your house. There, 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 there's certain there's certain things that that just have to stay at the county level. So you have to figure out what they are. You know, it, it, it's like the county clerk is responsible constitutionally for the ballots. All the county ballots have to be done, and, and the county board of elections has to do that, and the superintendent of elections has to do that. So you can't have your municipal clerk superseding the county clerk. I mean, that, that, that's, that's, very, that's, that's a very good point. Um, you know, there is this tremendous opportunity to streamline government in New Jersey, um, and, and thus that would be a way to reduce the tax burden on the people of New Jersey. Streamline government. Well, if you're going to do radicalize it, though, then why not get rid of all municipal government and just have county governments? Because I think, you, you know... So 26 governments, and get rid of 566, get 26 county governments. The problem, the reason why we're $20 trillion in debt is because you have guys walking down in Washington, D.C., who think they have all the answers for us, okay? Oh, we know what to do. We're down here in D.C. having steak dinner and lobster. We're a lobbyist. And you guys up in New Jersey, this is what we're going to do for you. I think if there's any government part of government that's going to be big, it should be the local government in your town because they know when we need to fix that road, we need to do this, we do, need to do that, versus, okay, we're going to throw some grants or, you know, to, to the state uh, you know, to, uh, or to the towns to do stuff. Let the towns take care of their own business and not some bureaucrat from, you know, from far away. You know what would be helpful for New Jersey? Hey, I hate to do it to you Just guys. Just give me one thing. But we're done. Uh, we're done. Okay. We are done. <laughs> I want to thank you guys so much for participating in the show. This has been epic. Frank, I hope we haven't scared you off that you actually decide to come and actually be on the show again. Yeah, it's good. I hope so. You, I really appreciate it. You guys are great. What I do want to say is, man, you guys are killing the microphone over there. Uh, I thought oh we were off. I was, taking, I was taking it off. You guys we're off the air, right? Me. No, we're still on air, man. Uh -oh, what are you th doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Thought we were done. Air? I'm shaking hands and saying goodnight. Oh, my God. You guys are killing me. Absolutely killing me right now. But either way, I want to thank you guys for participating in the show tonight. And most of all, I want to thank you guys for being a part of it. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back next week doing what we do best, giving you guys some real talk. It's what we do. We just give you a little bit of real talk, not a lot. We'll be back, in a, we'll be back next week, I believe, right? 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock? Okay. I'm just making sure. We'll be back in a moment. Smooth to any groove, relax the tongue. Let my mic take a cruise around the planet. Packing men like Janet Jackson. She's asking if I can slam it. Yo, yo, rat man, man. What the fuck, man? Get the fuck off that punk smooth shit, man. Get with that rough shit, man. You know how we do. Mic check. I walk around the street with the black tech now by the waistline, picking our hype shit. I never claim to be the best type of rapper, but have to show the motherfuckers what I'm after. I'm after the gold, then after that the platinum. Beef after that, Hurricane G packs the gap, son. Chigga bang bang, yo bust the slang with my name. It's the red man on the funk thing. Psych your motherfucking rights tonight, tonight. To do what I wanna do, to do it like dynamite. The one perfected when the funk been ejected. I rough enough the rough draft to like make your head split. Huh? Past the 40 and the blunt and don't front on the block. Cause when you do front, brother, you get the start. I'm not.
inside an attic more like Puff the Magic. Then pass it when I'm through, cause my crew got to have it. I don't claim to be a big rap star, cause no matter who you are, you still catch a bullet scar. So listen up and take heed to what I'm saying, cause tonight's tonight, and me and my niggas ain't playing. You wanna see me get cool, please Save it for the breeze, cause the lyrics and tracks Make me funky like cottage cheese Fuck the smooth shit, I get down with the boom Built like you tip I kick more styles than blue shoes kick But tonight's tonight, what I write tonight This type of funk with the flavor like Mike and Knights Hanging out with my niggas, my niggas The pistol posse, keep their fingers on the triggers I keep the 40 between my lap cooling Rolling down the highway Blunt system pumps, cause it's Friday Roll over to pick my boys up a lot of noise, cause we can do that, black, to get the Bozak, Jack, we never, I do the type of evil that men do, like cursing out my window at a bitch and a friend too, so turn the volume up a notch, and watch the, ba-bump, ba-bump, make your speakers pop, that's the funk when it pumps it.